Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Rob Longo, and Father Bernard from St. Peter Catholic Church. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, Thanks, brother. Thanks, Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. But before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to our hearts, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit in, Rob, to help us see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then go into action. Amen, amen. I'd love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for allowing us to be in this moment, in your presence, about to read your word. Lord, thank you for that gift. Thank you for loving us uh, into existence. Thank you for the gift of our free will. And thank you for being patient with us mm. on that journey until we've said our yes. So help us to renew our yes each day, to live our yes each day. Uh, help us to have an open heart, to be, uh, to be able to be, to be teachable, to be moldable. So Lord, teach us today. Help us to be the sons and the daughters uh, that you are calling us to be, your sons, your daughters. And then in any state in life that, that you have us in, Lord, help us to, to bring you there, your love, your joy, your mercy, your peace your kindness, your gentleness. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father the Son, the Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 And Father Bernard, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Okay. So we're reading out from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried by, away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the nether world, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now... He is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, 
Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. The first sentence, pretty convicting. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. Ladies and gentlemen, that's you and I. The clothes we wear, 80% of this country, we would be in this world, we would be considered that wealth beyond wealth. The food that we eat would be considered that scrumptious meal each day. You know, don't take for granted the gifts that we have. How can we then use those gifts to be a blessing to others? How many people who are in need do we walk by daily? How many people don't we take the time to stop and give the greatest gift we have been entrusted with by God, the gift of our time, to listen to their hearts, to listen to their needs. I'm telling you, for me, this is a major challenge for me. I don't want to miss the opportunities that God gives to me every day to put love into action. It's not about a lip service. It's about asking for the spiritual eyes to see the Lazarus in our life, to hear the cry of the Lazarus in our life, so we don't miss those opportunities while we still have those opportunities to share God's love, his mercy, and his compassion daily. Earlier in, this, in the week, I uh, was in a gospel reflection, and somebody brought up about the great chasm, which I thought was very insightful. He said uh, the great chasm for them, the way they interpret it, was that, you know, that the rich man had died thinking only about himself, his riches, his food, all the good things that he had, and not really being connected to God in a deep, intimate, personal way. And so the chasm was that he went from a temporal existence to an eternal existence and was stuck with what he had made for himself, the decisions that he had made over and over and over again to ignore his brother. And so because of the chasm that he built during his life— he was stuck with that in his in his uh, eternal existence. I thought I was very insightful because there because the chasm is there. He asked Father Abraham to bridge it, and it's like you made it. You know, you're the one that 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 constructed it and put it there. I can't get I can't get over that chasm. You know, he's over here with me because he didn't have what you had. You know, he didn't have opportunities that you had, and that's what really made me think of that, David. Was that you had said. What do we do with the gifts that we have? And really, relatively speaking, I mean, some of us have more, some of us have less. But to your point, we all have incredibly more than the majority of the population of the rest of the world. We're so blessed. And what are we doing with that? You know, that's going to be, that's part of the chasm that we're creating in our own lives. Good warning, you know, David, that we that we pay attention to that in our life and how are we because we, we, it's not right for us to just kind of pretend it doesn't exist. What do we do with it? How do we serve God with it? How do we bless others with the gifts we've been given? You know? and the, the homily that I heard le- last Sunday about the steward, the, the priest focused on the gift of our faith, right? Really, really focused on the gift of our mm-hmm. faith. And a lot of times when we refer to how gifted we are here in the United States, we're referring to our material uh, goods, but my sister and others that have been to places, third world countries on medical missions and 
my sister and my, actually my niece, my sister's a doctor, my niece is a nurse. And they say people traveled three hours on foot just to see them. And they were not complaining. They were so full of gratitude and joy. And just they had such a vibrant faith, right? That, uh, you know, what we consider gifts here, they didn't have those burdens there to distract them from the true gift, the greatest gift, and that, that gift being our faith. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're called to share, but that, that gift of our time, like just this week I've been texting people that I've had conversations with and uh, that I know are going through some hard times, just texting, you know, just little words of encouragement. I'm praying for you. If you need to talk, let me know. And the response is back. It's like people are waiting for that meal, you know, that meal of encouragement, that meal of mm-hmm. just being noticed and affirmation. And like the responses to those texts are almost like just almost instant where it's like they were waiting. And, and, I, and I pray that it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit that that person at that time, the Lord knew that they needed that food. You know, they needed that. They didn't need to be stepped over like Lazarus was stepped over. They didn't need to be forgotten in that moment. And, uh, and the Lord was prompting me and thank God in those couple instances I responded and, and sent the text and, uh, and hopefully sent God's love through that text. Yeah, it's amazing. This week we had our stewardship of re- re- mission of faith retreat last week. And one of the encouragements I gave everybody was to take that time to thank a priest, thank a nun, thank a religious, thank a deacon for the gift of their life they've given for us and to affirm them in their gifts. And so I was at mass earlier this week and a priest doing his homily read a text from somebody who gave him three words of encouragement in capital letters, I might add, because they were shouting out to that priest, do you hear the message from the father? I'm proud of you, son, for the gift of your life. I'm proud of you for what you do every day for me in helping the poor, feeding the hungry, going to visit the sick. And that priest needed those words of affirmation, in all capitals, I might add, because he needed to hear the voice of the Father coming through that person who was motivated to send that text. I'm telling you, each and every one of us, don't miss the promptings of the Holy Spirit to reach out to our priests, not to criticize, not to condemn, not to complain. Those are all sitting around the campfire of the enemy but to affirm them in their gifts, Amen. thank them for the gift of their life, encourage them with words of the scriptural encouragement to them, build them up. So for me, that was powerful. What we heard last week at the, at the stewardship conference, what this priest shared at the mass earlier this week, and then to be able to just reflect on what you just said, Rob, so key and so important. We are called to either give words of what? Life mm-hmm. or, or words of death that, that, that actually rob the life from the people God's put in our life. I heard you loud and clear there, David. <laughs> loud, <laughs> loud and clear. I didn't use Master. Yes, <laughs> because, you know, you said something about listening, your first presentation, uh, and just listening to you and hearing all your beautiful words of encouragement. And I just think of this rich man uh, on the other side and asking a favor from Father Abraham for his brothers that he left behind. I know this is a parable, so don't take it too literal, but for him to even think of his brother, that's for me is one of the things that struck me while he's on the other side. Yeah. He sees that he has compassion suddenly. 
he didn't have that for Lazarus, but now I'm thinking of my brother. Or is it because being selfish? He thinks more about his brother. I don't want it to be where I am today. But he said something that really struck me about listening. He said, he, you know, tell them to send Moses and the prophet to them. Like, he said they did not listen to them. They did not listen to anybody. The idea of listening mm. is very important. That Sometimes we hear a lot, but we don't listen. Mm. We don't really allow these things to sing into us. As a priest, as a preacher, you, I, I get that all the time in my mind, like, are they listening to me? Are they hearing what God is saying? This is Moses who spoke to them. Moses is like a shadow of Jesus. Now, Jesus speaks to us every day in the readings, in the word of God. He speaks to us. He speaks to us even in the poor that we see on the street. He, sp- he speaks to us. Do we listen? Mm-hmm. Listening for me now is like being attentive. Not just the word, being attentive and acting on what you hear. Just the other day, I was on the street, Market Street. I was just at the coffee place. Um, I forgot what they call that coffee place folklore, on Market Street. Folklore. Folklore to yeah, get yeah. coffee. And they didn't open on Sunday. I just discovered it opened on Sunday. So I was just, what am I going to do now? <laughs> so I saw this man across the street smoking cigarette. And I knew he was homeless. So I went across to sit, talk to him. And as I speaking to I felt God was calling me to go talk to him. So that for me was listening. He needed me to talk to him. So I went across and talked to him. I introduced him. He knows me. I, I said, how are you doing? Was he reading a novel? Why are you on the streets? Why don't you have a place? You know, he, he told me about his life. Wow. And it was very interesting to hear his story. We, sometimes we're quick to judge. Yeah. Why is he there? He doesn't have a job. He should go get a job. I said, why are you not walking? He, he gave me his story. Now I understand mm. why he's there. He doesn't want to be there, but situations beyond him. So I was telling him mm. I was going to help him. So I actually gave him some money where it was his birthday. Oh. It was just his birthday. Yeah. So I gave him some money for his birthday. And I told him, you know what? I'll see what I can do to help you. I'll pray for you. So I pray for him right here on the streets. And I just said, this is for me, is responding to God, to the promptings of God, not to ignore this man. Mm. You know, like Dave said, sometimes we ignore. You know? So this man stepped away from Lazarus all the time. He ignored him. Mm. Sometimes, you know, all we need to do is just talk to somebody. And then you listen to their stories, and then you see how much you can bless them just by listening to them. And I saw that on his face when I was leaving him. He shook my hand. He was very happy that I came to speak with him for a few minutes. So this this idea of listening, it's for me, it means more than just the words. It means allowing even people on the street to speak to you. Do you listen? Do you listen? They are speaking to you. Do you do something or do you just drive by or walk away? And it depends. It's not all the time. Maybe does this particular moment, you're struck. And then you listen carefully, you go walk over and have a conversation. So that for me is a big, big thing for me to listen, to listen. Uh, we don't always listen. You know, and something else that really strikes me in here, Abraham is called father. Elsewhere in scripture we read, call no man father, for you only have one father, the God, the father in heaven. But you see, St. Paul clarifies that in the letter to the Galatians when he says he's a father in Christ. We call our priest Father because you represent the heart of God the Father. As you stay clean, as you stay clear, as you're an open vessel for God's love, those divine appointments with the man smoking across the street allow you to see that man as my child. You take ownership of your fatherhood as a priest, of your fatherhood in Christ, and you look at that man as your child. 
your spiritual child, your gift. And so when we do that, and it's not just for our priests, we call our priests father because that's who they are. They represent that love of God the Father through us, as as St. Paul proclaims, you know, a father in Christ. But it's also for us. We're baptized priests, prophet, and kings to take on that role. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come and dine with us in our hearts. They live in our hearts. Wherever Christ is in our hearts, so is the Father, so is the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, so is the Father, Mm -hmm. so is the Holy Spirit. They're one. So for me, this ownership of taking this word Father seriously and being able to see each and every person that I meet each day as a child of God, wait, not just God the Father, but also my brother and sister to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but also my child spiritually in a unique way. When you do that, it it takes away the, the, the way they're dressed, you know, whatever else is an obstacle, their sins, and allows you to see that precious son and daughter of the Father before the world twisted them, contorted them, and, and tried to destroy them, see the beauty of the child within them, and then minister them with words of affirmation, with help, with whatever God asks you to do. So for me, this world is a saint-making machine. Mm-hmm. There are so many opportunities for us every day to share God's love. Man, pray for the gift of the spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, and a heart to always respond with love. Because when we say, you know, we know Jesus Christ, we're in love with the Father, that outpouring is a response to that relationship, which is not just personal, but ever deeping intimate to love others as God loves us. So, man, keep growing, keep loving, keep being the light that changes this world, which is Christ who lives in you. You know, uh, when you said uh, this life is a saint-making machine or this world is a saint-making machine, it made me think that um, a lot of times we're we're so put off by the fact that we have difficulties in our life and we have struggles in our life, and yet we know, we know because we've been taught that those are exactly the things that when we unite them with the suffering of Christ, perfect us, bring us to perfection. And so... We should actually, and I've, I've read St. Teresa of Avila and I've read uh, St. Catherine of Siena. They both kind of advise this in some way. We should actually pray for those difficulties, or when they come, we should embrace them, offer them up, unite them with the suffering of Christ, and say, because that's the, that's the critical part of the machine. The part that runs where everything runs smoothly, that doesn't make any saints. You know, It's the suffering. It's the struggle. It's the difficulty. It's the trying to remember to listen, trying to remember to speak words of affirmation, trying to remember that we are called as, as men, we're called to be, and Father, you particularly by your vocation are called to be spiritual fathers, especially for our children, but also for others around us. You know, When we grow up, you know, we, we start out as children, we become brother or sister, and then we become father. We are, even if we don't have kids. We're, at some age, mm-hmm. we can be a father to a younger yeah. person or to an older person. Just like you said, you know, St. Teresa of Avila or St. Catherine. Remember St. Teresa of Lisieux, little flower yeah. oh, said, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to be judged at the evening of our life on how much you've loved, you know, right. especially how much you love those who are in need of our love. Like this man with sores, Lazarus, and, and he was so close by. 
and he didn't see the opportunity, just like David talked about. I love your expression. This world is saint making machine. Yeah. And he's so close by. He said, lay by his door. He was mm. so close, lying at his door, was a poor man. And he did not even see this opportunity to become a saint. Like you said, you know, how much you loved. He, 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 he kind of just didn't pay attention to it. I don't know what was preoccupying his mind or he didn't see the dignity in this man because he's covered with sores. He doesn't look glorified and nice. He looks, you remember St. Catherine of Siena one time seeing, just like St. Francis of Assisi, mm -hmm. seeing somebody who had all this sore all over the body and embracing the Embrace person. Him, yeah. I remember Pope Francis doing the same thing with the man with all this sore on his head and Pope Francis yeah. embraced him and yeah. kissed his head. Nobody would do that. It's so gory, it's so disgusting, but he did it. Is the love of Jesus coming from the heart that pushes you, you know, as St. Paul would say, the love of God, you know, pushes us further to do this thing. So it's right there at our door, laying next to his door, this opportunity to become a saint. And then we, we ignore it. And God always gives us this opportunity. Right. Yeah. The attention. And, I, and I don't think it was a preoccupation of his mind. It was the death of his relationship with God. It was his mm -hmm. heart. Because anybody who has the heart of Christ has mercy, compassion, and has eyes to see those who are in need. But when you break that relationship with the Father, you know, you become a walking dead. You become a zombie because spiritually you are dead. When you choose to go a different way in life, even when this man's suffering in the fires and the flames, it's, it's still a life of me, myself, and I. Have pity on me. I'm suffering. I need a, a drip of water. I, I he's still lost. Mm -hmm. He doesn't repent. He doesn't see the errors of his ways. You know, for me, it took me back to a story of when Father George took me to Ethiopia and we were going to feed the poor. We bought all this corn and we had a tin cans and these people walked for three, four, five, six, seven hours. People with elephantitis, leprosy, poorest of the poor came to just get whatever corn they could in their, their clothing. And they were filled with joy. They didn't have teeth, some of them, but filled <laughs> with joy. And I'll never forget having the opportunity to wash the legs and feet of a beautiful woman who had elephantitis. And if you've never seen it or experienced it, I won't go into words that would describe it. I was mortified, but the Lord allowed me to touch her wounds touch her elephantitis, to wash and bathe her legs and feet. And I'm going to tell you right now, she felt the love of Christ. And guess what? I experienced the love of Christ doing the act. It mm -hmm. was a precious exchange of gifts. I always say God's fingerprints are always an exchange of gifts. You know, And then when the women came with no fingers from leprosy, with, with their garment, you know, not wanting you to touch them, I was giving them hugs. I gave them a kiss. They said, you could catch that. I'm like, you know what? If that's what I meant to happen, that's what meant to happen. But when you respond with Christ's heart, what you get back, money can't buy. They came with joy. And what they gave as a gift, the only thing they had to give was to give that gift of joy back to you. Unbelievable. So look for the opportunities. They're out there. You don't have to travel to Ethiopia. They're here mm -hmm. in our local communities. They're in homeless shelters. Go and get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I agree with you. They'll <laughs> drive by, see them, see those men with their backpacks and they running all over the place and they need help. I mean, sometimes we get scared. 
you know, are they going to you know, jump on me or are they going to trap me or are they going to attack me or oh, are they going to use my money to smoke cigarettes, things like that. Uh, so Pope Francis said one time, look, help. If God asks you to help, don't worry whether they're going to go. I mean, because that's sometimes a way to run away from our responsibility of reaching out, you know. Yeah. I think the Holy Spirit only prompts us to know, you see, this is what I want you to do. God sent that man towards me. I think there was a reason why I went that day. I didn't know it wasn't open on Sunday anymore, and mm. I couldn't get my coffee, and behold, I saw this man. So I, this was God leading me. God provides opportunity to see somebody just next to us yeah. that may need our help. And sometimes you just need to listen to them or talk to them because, you know, this option for the poor is the way of the church is the way of christ social justice for the poor the needy people who need our help we need to do something we need to respond and the holy spirit is always putting it in our hearts but sometimes we don't listen we ignore it and we don't want to get out of our comfort zone yes because i I might have to do more than i really want to do exactly but it's in the doing that we receive Yes, that's right. It, Jesus said, "If you love those who love you, what merit is there in yeah. that?" It's almost like if you do things for people that you like or that who are friendly to you or whatever, that stuff, all that doesn't count. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the, at the end of your your judgment, like God's going to put all that stuff on one side and go push it right off the table. And now here's <laughs> this little pile of stuff you did where you didn't really want to do it, but you did it for somebody. And I think, you know, Dave, you always talk things like you had, Father Bernardo's chance meetings was a divine appointment. And I think, you know, God always has divine appointments for us. Every time we run into somebody or we meet with somebody, even if it's set up, he doesn't always let us in on the schedule until the last minute (laughs) sometimes. But um, I think, too, about this whole whole idea about, uh, you know, ignoring people. There are people around us all the time, and I've had people challenge me for, for example, as you said, Father, giving people money. And they say, oh, they said they wanted it for food, but they're just going to go buy drink or yeah. drugs or something like that. And I thought, I've often thought this, and I heard somebody affirm this one time, um, is that, okay, what if I give them money and they go buy a pint of whiskey or whatever, but what if that's the bottle that hits rock bottom for them and then they turn their life around? Yeah. What if mm-hmm. the, like, I don't know what, what God's plan is with it, he, but there's somebody on the street. They asked, and I have an obligation to respond to them, to give them something of what I have of my wealth. And so if it's money and that's what God puts in my heart, that's what I think we do. Absolutely. And I love the little phrase here, carried away by angels. It brings back my mother's funeral where a friend of mine was there, a woman who goes to our church. And she said, David, I've got to tell you, when you gave the eulogy and your brothers were there, I saw your mother stand and put her hand on each one's shoulder behind each one of you. And then two angels, one on her right and one on her left, escorted her up. And she turned around with one last look at all of you with the most beautiful smile. So you know what? Heaven and hell are real. The angels are waiting to take us up. Let's not disappoint them. God yeah. bless you and every one of you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's change the world. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, 
please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.